Tuesday, September 22nd. How's everyone doing? Um, this episode is going to be directed at the week two standings for the National Football League and my so far opinion of all 32 teams. Um, hopefully this won't be drug on too horribly long, but my hope is that um, you guys gain some insight and I have some fun. So, as always, these are opinions. These are not, by any stretch of the imagination, uh, something that you have to hang your hat on, but you might find uh, some enjoyment out of it. So, we'll first start in the AFC East. So, you know, when you look at the AFC East as a whole, it has changed overnight. The landscape went from Tom Brady in the Patriots to Cam Newton in the Patriots, and we'll get to that in a minute, to what has been Josh Allen, who has really come into his own in Buffalo. And I'm really happy for Buffalo that they got a quarterback for the first time in 30 years since Jim Kelly. And they're actually very, very dominant offensively with the pass. Um, They're a phenomenal ball club. So, so far through two weeks... The Buffalo Bills and Josh Allen are 2-0. And they faced, really, a weak AFC East and the Jets and Dolphins. Next week, they will face the Rams, um, which to me is going to be a game that is really going to tell the tape. Like Los Angeles, which we'll get to um, probably in my next episode because there's 32 teams, um, is really the fact that L.A. is a high-powered offense with... Not a comparable quarterback. I, I would give him uh, a slight edge over um, his opponents. But Josh Allen, to me, is a transcendent player that really rarely has ever found himself in, in a pickle. And, you know, you look at Jared Goff with the Rams. <clears throat> He's very inconsistent at times. And he really does rely on the talent around him to make him a functional player. So through... Through the first two weeks, I'd say that the Bills are a very good ball club that are going to compete for that top spot in the AFC East, and the Patriots are going to be right behind them. And we'll find out how good both these teams are once they have to face one another. So as we talk about the Bills, we then bleed into the Patriots. And for me, this is a completely different ball club from last year. You know, this this is a read offense kind of team now versus... uh, what was a Tom Brady um, pass protection uh, centric offense, which means that Cam Newton is very dangerous on play action. You don't know if he's going to run the ball, if he's going to give it to the running back or if he's going to pass. And this offense really suits him very functionally, like very well, because this is a guy that um, uses his legs quite a bit. And the Patriots are very excited to use those since they really haven't had a mobile quarterback in two decades. So this really gives them an avenue where they don't have to rely so much on so- on Sony Michael Michelle or Rex Burkhead, who are both very, very, very underrated or overrated running backs that shouldn't even be starting in this league. Um, so they really focus a lot on read option, getting Cam Newton the football, and letting him make plays. Um, 
as for their two weeks up to this point, they faced a very weak Dolphins team, and the Dolphins, honestly, given that it was the Patriots, kept it within 10 points. And obviously, this is the NFL, 10 points is two scores, but to me, that was an indication that the Patriots were still trying to figure themselves out. But on Sunday night football, Cam Newton threw for over 350 yards, and he really willed that team to a chance at winning a game against Seattle. In, in Seattle, of all places. And they got to the one-yard line and almost won that game. So a very quality loss for the Patriots up to this point. And in typical fashion, Bill Belichick is a phenomenal coach. I mean, he's the best of all time. Um, so... Now we're getting into the bottom part of the AFC East with the New York Jets, which to me are one of the biggest embarrassments in the NFL historically. They just can't get out of the New York Giants' shadow, despite the fact New York has been really garbage for quite a while. And if we're being fair to the tape, um, the Jets really don't have a hard schedule. I mean, they have an opportunity to win six to eight games every year, and they find a way to squander those wins. Um, into losses and if we're being honest Sam Sam Darnold has been at this now for a couple years as a starting quarterback for the New York Jets and the system just doesn't seem to be getting to him he's not catching on he was 21 for 35 against a very good Bills defense and he had one touchdown and one interception with really no production from the run game whatsoever Um, it's really concerning that the Jets don't even have Le'Veon Bell to rely on I heard he was hurt, <clears throat> but even before that happened, he had six carries for 14 yards, and you really have to start questioning whether or not Le'Veon Bell's career as a starting running back is over, given that Frank Gore, who was all of 37, I think, is still playing in this game as their starting running back as of next week. Uh, receiving, <clears throat> the only highlight you have is J- Jamison Crowder, who was a seven receptions for 115 yards, and I've been saying this, the Jets are a dumpster fire. They have a lot of work to do up to this point. I think you could trade him very easily for a second-round pick, maybe even a late first-round pick. And you played a busted-up 49ers team. The 49ers, and we'll talk about them in the next podcast, suffered three major injuries on their defensive line. And Garoppolo with what appears to be an ACL sprain um, or ankle sprain, one of those two, um, to me... They should have got made this game a lot closer than they did, but 31-13 to against a team that was missing two of their pass rushers, very, very, very embarrassing. Um, and lastly, the Dolphins. <clears throat> you know, I really came into this season with the Dolphins with a high sense of confidence that this team was finally going to turn it around. They had a bunch of players that they acquired, but they still have Ryan Fitzpatrick as their starting, starting quarterback. And he had, for a guy who's an Ivy League quarterback, the highest score amongst on the Wonderlook on the Wonderlook, which is the test that they use to grade the aptitude of a quarterback. He was twenty for thirty for one hundred and ninety-one yards and three interceptions. They were playing from behind this entire game, and their running game was absolutely absent during this entire game. Miles Gaskin. Nine carries for 40 yards, and Matt Breida, five for 22, an average of 4.4, which is not bad. But they got away from it really early, and they weren't balanced at all, despite the fact that they ran more than they passed. So 
well, they didn't quite run more than they passed, but they, their balance really threw them off, and I think New England really hosed them when they could have won that game. And that is the AFC East. So as a whole, my assumption of the AFC East is that this is going to be a Bills-Patriot mark markup. Probably halfway through the season, we'll have a better idea of how good the Bills really are and how good the Patriots are. But I'd be willing to assume that both these teams are going to be in it, but I'm going to give the edge of the Bills. And the reason why is because Josh Allen is a known commodity and he's just better in situational football than Cam Newton. People are over the next couple weeks are going to say Cam Newton is this phenomenal player and that he is a, if not an elite quarterback, he's a second tier quarterback. And I would agree that he's somewhere in that realm but he, if he, I'm trying to think of a quarterback he reminds me of because he's physically just so incredibly dominating. But when it comes to passing the ball, he's a quarterback. He's not always consistent. So we'll we'll see where he's at when he's got a handful of more games. He might end up proving everybody wrong with the Bill Belichick as head coach situation. But right now, I'm going to give the edge to the Bills. The next is the AFC West. <clears throat> Which, to me, is a scary division. Um, I'm going to label this the scary division of the AFC. Because we can sit here and talk about the AFC North and their win percentage so far. But right now, you have the Chiefs at 2-0, the Raiders at 2-0, the Chargers at 1-1. And the Broncos, even at 0-2, to me, they have two running backs on that team that could both run for 1,000 yards. Um... This is a division that could really destroy playoff hopes for a lot of these other AFC opponents and even NFC opponents. So, first of all, the Chiefs. Everybody's going to get drunk on the Chiefs, and I am a Chiefs fan second. I'm a Cowboys fan first, as you all know. And to me, the Chiefs, um, they blew out the Texans, which we'll talk about in a little bit. But the Texans, to me, were incredibly disappointing um, in their home opener against the Chiefs. The Chiefs won that game, but um, it was a 34-20 to score where uh, they had a tremendous amount of dependency on trying to stop the run. And Clyde Edwards-Hilera, their 32nd overall pick last year's draft, had 25 carries for 138 yards and a touchdown. And I believe he also um, was pretty good in the pass protection realm as well. So they were able to fare well against a team that is probably not going to be in the playoffs, but the beginning of the season was a wild card projection. Uh, But they ended up beating the Houston Texans soundly, and it was a home game in Arrowhead, even with no fans. That's not really all that surprising. Um, Next... This last week, and this is why I'm not high on the Chiefs, um, the Chargers either have a potential Pro Bowl quarterback on their hands or the Chiefs played down their opponent. It's one or the other, and we'll find out here pretty soon. Patrick Mahomes, 27 for 47 for 302 yards last week against the Chargers with two touchdowns, and he had had over 50 yards running as well. Whereas Clyde Edwards-Hilaire only had 38. And if you're a fantasy 
owner and had him, I think you need to be concerned because even though that man ran for 130 yards last week, he only had 38 yards this week and no touchdowns. And he had six receptions for 30 yards. So if you're in a PPR league, he might give you some upside. But he's not a consistent back yet. And I would be really reluctant to make him anything other than a flex player right now if you're a fantasy owner. Um, But consequently, you know, the Chargers had Justin Herbert, who was their first overall pick. He was 22 for 33 for 300 yards, a touchdown and interception in his first go in the NFL. That is beyond remarkable for me. I'm so proud of that young man. I mean, if you look at this ball club and the struggles that they've had to face early on with Tyrod Taylor, their veteran quarterback, who honestly is probably not going to be their starter after this week, they did a fantastic job. And to me, the Chargers are going to really be the competitor here in the AFC West that nobody thought existed. Um, Next week, we're going to find out how good the Chiefs really are when we see them face the Ravens. Um, That's a Monday night football game, and that was designed to be a Monday night football game. Um, To me, looking at that matchup against perennial quarterbacks, um, you know damn well that, um, and we'll talk about it here pretty soon, but Lamar Jackson is... Barry Sanders at quarterback. Um, He is a phenomenal athlete. He has the speed of Michael Vick and the quickness of Barry Sanders. I wouldn't say he's a phenomenal passer, but he he's he's better than the top fifteen, some some, the bottom fifteen of the league. So I think unilaterally speaking, that's going to be a game that the Chiefs are going to have to really bear down and win that game. Not to use the Bears term, but that's just what they're going to have to do to win. So. Long, long communication on the Chiefs, but to me, the Chiefs are um, kind of overrated just yet, and they faced a Chargers opponent in their division that really gave them some money, but I have no doubt they're going to end up winning this division. But I think there's going to be two wild cards, if not three teams, with the new playoff format coming out of the AFC West. We talked about the Chargers. They're going to be above 500 this year. I'm absolutely sold on them. And lastly, the Broncos... Um, they're in rebuild mode. Locks out. They're going to have to figure out a way to win games. But they're, at this point, I think, rebuilding this team, and they're not making the playoffs. To the Ravens and the MVP of the 2019 season, um, they haven't faced anybody either, but they're a team to me that is more physically sound on defense. Uh, they face the Browns, which aren't the Browns of old. They're still not amazing, but they still have offense. They have wide receivers. And they blew them out 38-6. to That's a division opponent. No matter what you want to say, that's a division opponent. And the Ravens um, usually have closer games against division opponents. But Cleveland had nothing for them. As far as the Texans games is concerned, to me, <clears throat> this is a quality win. Um, because they had to face them in Houston. And they did it with a tremendous amount of defense. Um, Lamar Jackson only had 200 yards passing. And he had 50 yards uh, running, so he had a, about a 250-yard yard game. And as we look at the quarterback position in this league, um, moving into the 21st century, into the 
frankly the second century the second decade of the year i mean of the of the 20, 21st century sorry i'm losing my mind here we're gonna start looking at the quarterback picture holistically um, quarterbacks that can get it in the air as well as run the ball and get you scores is just as important as passing and i think you're gonna start monetary monetarily starting to look at the quarterback position especially with these quarterbacks that can do it all as part of their price point yeah they might get you they might not be able to get you in the end zone with their arm but if they can get you in the end zone with their legs um that's just as important they're almost like a, a fullback if you will with the quarterback so to me the baltimore ravens are the are probably going to end up winning this division but the steelers have been absolutely phenomenal so far they blew out the the giants and the broncos those aren't good teams and they're going to play the texans and the titans the titans we'll talk about in a minute that's going to be a tough game but the steelers haven't really had to face anybody but the fact that they're 2-0 and they've done it with such beauty with the pass um, i think the steelers are going to be a wild card team um, there's no doubt in my mind that Ben Roethlisberger is going to be able to pass the ball for the rest of the season. And, and he even said that that injury has been plaguing him for the last eight years. So a little ridiculous that he waited until he tore it to actually do something about it. But the Steelers are definitely a better ball club than they were last year. As for the Browns, this is a team to me that's going to be 7-9. and nine. They're destined to be that because... This is a team that if you look at their schedule, they have every opportunity to be a playoff team. They're going to face the Jets. They're going to face the Giants. They're going to face the Jags. They're going to face the Eagles. They're going to face the Bengals again. And they're even going to face the Washington Redskins and and the Colts. Those are like six wins. And they've got one so far. But then they are going to have to face their division rivals and the Steelers and the Ravens, and they're going to have to split a game there. And they're going to have to play a really good Raiders team, and they're going to have to split a game there. And I don't think they're going to get it. And I don't think they're going to sweep the NFC East. They're not going to beat the Cowboys, and I don't think they're going to beat the Eagles. So for me, this is a 7-9 team that's going to miss the playoffs, and somebody's going to get fired. And the Bengals are just like the Broncos, but a little bit better because they already have their quarterback. They face the Chargers and almost beat the Chargers, and they face the Browns and almost beat the Browns, and they're going to be competitive, and they're going to get you some points, the Bengals. But don't get it twisted. They're going to give a lot of these fans a lot of hope with Joe Burrow's progress, but they're facing teams that don't really play defense. They're going to play Philly next week. They're probably going to lose that game. If they end up winning that game, we'll talk about the NFC in the next podcast. But to me, the Eagles... um, they're going to be done at 0-3. I, I don't see them coming back from that. they got to win this next game. So, to the Cincinnati Bengals, kudos for finding yourself a franchise quarterback. He is definitely getting it in year one, but don't count your chickens before they're hatched. Lastly is the AFC South, which is the most confusing. It's that really hot girl you dated in high school that was crazy. That's the AFC South. The Titans are going to win this division probably by a large clip because they're defensively sound and they just bury you with the run game. And <clears throat> what I like about this is the renaissance of Ryan Tannehill. I mean, this guy played in Miami for the first half, first six or seven years of his career, and he played wide receiver, wide receiver at Texas A&M. I mean, he was a great wide receiver and then they converted him to quarterback because AM needed a quarterback and he ended up being amazing 
So he gets drafted in the first round. Miami gets him, but Miami doesn't get pat. They don't get pass protection for this young man. They don't get him a solid running game until like year two and three, and then they trade the running back, and then they find themselves in these like quandaries of whether or not they should keep a defensive player here and there, and they're never productive because they're in the AFC East and they're facing Bill Belichick and the Eagles every year or the Patriots every year. So <clears throat> he's in Tennessee in a very weak division, historically a very weak division, with the Jacksonville Jaguars. And, yes, I'm going to say it, the Colts post-Peyton Manning has not been very consistent. Even with Andrew Luck. They, Andrew Luck had one good year, but other than that, they've been meh. And they're ironically going to go through this and, and find themselves winning this division. I think the Titans are the, are the cream of the crop, and they're probably the fourth best team in the AFC behind the Bills, the Patriots, the Chiefs, and Ravens. So they're probably fifth. Um, the Jaguars. You know, <clears throat> I'm a huge fan of the stash. And to me, Gardner Minshew isn't going to wow you with yards. A 19 for 20 for 173 yards and three touchdowns. That's a, a, a hell of an accomplishment against the Colts team, even if it's in the NFL. Then he goes in last week against the Titans, 30 for 45 for 340 yards, three touchdowns and two interceptions. So that Garner Minshew is going to be their starting quarterback, and they're going to get him at a hell of a price. And lastly, the Colts. Phillip Rivers, love the guy, but the Colts are done. I mean, they won a game last week, but this is a team to me that's not going to impress you with statistics. They're going to be probably 7-9, just like their counterparts, the Browns and NFC, AFC North. They're not going to do much for you. And lastly, the Texans. What a disappointment. You sit here, you talk about franchise quarterbacks. You've got Deshaun Watson just getting paid $40 million a year. Lays an egg against the Chiefs. Legs and lays an egg again against his fellow team in the Ravens. So... They have got to figure out a way to fix this problem because they're on a sinking ship. I would be absolutely devastated if I were the Texans because they're already behind the eight ball. So that is my assessment of the AFC and where we are so far this season. I hope it brings value. Maybe you've already watched a little bit of NFL. Maybe you've watched a little bit of analytics. Maybe you're not watching because you're tired of these players being divas. But kudos to them um, for being able to play during COVID and giving us a little peace during this time of the year. Everybody love everybody.